I'm Camille. I'm Anita. And, and we're, we're the, the Soul, Soul Sisters. Sisters. Today, we would like to welcome our very special guest here. I have my coach, boss, friend, trainer, uh, Dusty Olson here. And he, we're going to talk today about metabolic repair in general. But to give you guys a little bit of bio um, behind Dusty before I have him introduce himself, uh, Dusty graduated from the U of M for exercise science. And he also went for his NPTI and for his NASM certification and nutrition consulting certification. Uh, he is also the owner of two SNAP fitnesses here in Minnesota, one in Plymouth and one up in Blaine. He is also the owner of Renovation Training and has 21 IPE pros uh, or natural pros and with three overall pro wins as well under his belt. So today um, we're here, we're going to learn about um, what you can do to set yourself up for a successful prep, specifically if you had not a su so successful prep in the past maybe, um, or if you did too many shows season to season, or maybe you got too low-cal for a show, and now your body's just struggling to lose that body fat in the same way it did before. Um, Anita and I have been in the industry for you know over 10 plus years, and we've seen it time and time again. Girls are struggling, and I finally know the person that can hopefully give some guidance and well, direction. Yeah, give on what us to some do. answers and some direction and, and there is no right or wrong and everyone's prep is going to affect them differently and how long they're going to be prepping as well. But at the same time is maybe if you hear this before you're prepping or before you start to go out of your prep season, just to prepare your mind and prepare yourself to make sure you're making the right decisions, even though you want to get on stage, your body and your health needs to come first. So this, this man here is going to give us some insight and some motivation as to making sure that that's a priority as you're, you're working your way onto the stage. So do you have anything else to introduce yourself before we just dive right in? I just kind of want to say uh, before we get started, this is stuff that I've studied and that um, I've used. I'm not saying that uh, every coach is wrong. Um, this is just, like I said, stuff that works for my clients and my athletes. Uh, other people might have other opinions or other ideas, so take an open mind when you're listening to this. All right, perfect. So let's start with the first question. So what should someone do if they had low calories for a long time during a contest prep? So in other words, like how can they quote unquote fix their metabolism since we all know metabolisms can't be broken per se? Um, so I think a lot of people, uh, they come into a prep and they start out a prep with too low of calories. So a lot of people have to get very low uh, in calories to get lean enough. So I recommend for all my clients to take um, about a one to two year off season and get your calories high enough. So you can start a long, slow prep where you don't have to pull a ton of calories right away. Um, and then I would like to say probably jump up your calories as fast as you possibly can after a show uh, instead of trying to stay lean for a long period of time to kind of get to that healthy body fat right away. Uh, last, I would say I use first form supplements and thyroid 21 is probably one of my favorite supplements for post-show. Uh, it helps bring raw materials that your body needs to produce healthy thyroid hormones. And do you have anything to add to that, Anita? Well, I mean, I think those are three very good tips. If a lot of people are dieting down or trying to get ready to even wrap their mind around getting on stage to do a competition, or some people have longer journeys to get on stage, mm -hmm. and they don't realize that if you continue to push down the path and always aim for the lowest, the lowest, the lowest, your body's going to fight back because it's meant to hold. It's meant to carry body fat. So just that, that smart way of, if I'm going to do a show, you should start thinking a couple of years out because even in between shows, you need a couple of years. This is a sport of longevity. This is a sport of time. This is a sport working with your body and sculpting it. It's not an overnight type of thing. Oh, absolutely. And I, I mean, you know, hindsight's 2020, my first show that I started, that I prepped for, I pretty much started training and dieting at the same time that I started doing for a show. And like, just having done that, I would say to anyone that's like thinking about doing something similar, like don't do it. There's a better way to go about like pursuing a fitness journey. And I know that having a deadline like really helps to keep people accountable, especially when they're getting started in a fitness journey. And I know that I see a lot of people do that. Like a, 
the people that aren't shooting for their pro card, some of them might just be getting like looking to get across the stage. But my concern with that is there's like the risk for creating like food disorders goes along with rushing a prep goes high, goes up higher in my mind. So to be like really cautious when you start a prep about like where your current state, your relationship with food is too, would be kind of like another thing to consider in addition to like just taking way longer, more of an off season than you think you need. Like if your prep's going to be six months, you should take at least double that of just pure off season mm-hmm. where you're, like you said, where your calories are high. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can attest to the second point of jumping the calories up at, like quicker this time. I noticed that I had so much less post-show problems when it came to food because we bumped our calories up so high. And this was by far the leanest I've stayed post-show. So right after you finished your shows, <clears throat> you went from, because you, you count your calories nicely. Yep. Um, you went from what to what? Like, what was your bump up? What did it look like? We went up to from 1,600 was probably her lowest or maybe 1,500 to right around 2,300. And she kind of took about two, three weeks off to kind of get her mind right. And I remember driving up north and I got a text message from her (laughs) and she's like, Dusty, you're a scientist. You're a madman. <laughs> I lost three pounds this week. And a lot of people, I, I'll kind of get more into this, but take a snapshot of your last year or year and a half. If you've been in a caloric deficit mm-hmm. for a long period of time, do not do a show because your metabolism is already, I hate to say wrecked, but it's it's working we, harder than it needs to be yeah you've already you've already ran the desert like it's tired right. <laughs> ran the marathon yeah. yeah so when we jumped her up to 2300 calories and she started falling religiously she actually lost three pounds um and Looked better we, felt better yeah we'll actually keep bringing her up uh i'll probably keep bringing her up for about six months and then we'll do a mini cut uh of maybe about five to ten pounds and then bring her back up again um, I like to reset insulin sensitivity a lot. So it kind of just talks about, uh, like we were talking about jumping up calories right away. Everyone is different. So what I did with Camille, I, I wouldn't recommend that if, you know, you're at like a thousand calories or 900 calories, right. she was like mm-hmm. around 1500. Um, so I normally jump anywhere from 500 to 700 calories coming out of a show. And I found that because I was so used to such a small amount of food that I actually was able to hit my macros like right away for I did follow my macros for the first like mm-hmm. three two to three weeks right after my show and I found it was actually easier just because of the bigger calorie jump it felt like I was eating double yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so that helped a lot rather than just like oh I get an extra hundred calories but right. I deserve right. this you feel I didn't have yeah, that same you like, were full entitled and satisfied and yeah and uh back in the day so I'm just gonna fat or uh, rewind about a year and a half ago um, I would try to keep my athletes as lean as possible for as long as possible because I was worried more about their mental state, right? When you look at yourself in the mirror and you jump your calories five to 700, people get freaked out. Mm-hmm. What I actually noticed is when I jumped the calories this season or this last season with 17 athletes, they all stayed a lot leaner mm-hmm. and their mental state was a lot better. Mm-hmm. Didn't struggle with as much binge eating for sure. How did the bodies fluctuate from what you saw? Because you had 17 that you were working with last um, last spring. So when you increased their calories, you had lost some weight. Did everyone kind of just do a little bit of an increase? Anyone? No one got off the fell off the ladder and it just seemed uh, like a nice even flow up with everything. I won't name drop any names, but I had a client from she's actually lives in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Uh, she actually was leaner <laughs> than when she w- walked on stage. But she filled in. I bet she yeah, filled can in. Happen. Which is crazy. <laughs> totally, yeah. Totally, yeah. So it just kind of tells your body like, hey, I need to get fed. Um, but normally I had about a three to five pound increase in okay. weight, which mm-hmm. is awesome because yeah. I hear girls gaining 20 oh, to 30 pounds yes. six months mm-hmm. post-show. And it's inflammation oh, yeah. and, and painful. And then yeah. you bring hormones and everything into it. And that's where the, the mess comes, I guess oh, you yeah. could say. And or I, the reset or more time is needed. And I want to say I, I'm guilty as a coach that I did have a lot of my athletes do that. Um, but don't you think with the training styles, because it continues to adapt as people learn more stuff, but don't you think it was more in alignment of what the training style was when you were doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I set my ego at the door and okay. I started learning from, I would say, the three uh, 
best natural coaches in the U.S. And um, my wife is working with one of them right now. So that kind of helped us out a lot of yep. learning of what we're doing. I go to Physique Summit every year down in St. Louis. So just kind of learning the trends. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. I think that's a, a big thing, especially as a trainer, anyone working with nutrition and coaching is Yes, you may have learned a lot, and yes, you have probably seen success on stage, but are you continuing to adapt and, and educate yourself as things are moving along and training techniques are changing just to become better? So bravo yeah. to you for you. continuing to work harder. And it shows. We're talking to the number one uh, number one snap trainer. Is that what you trainer got? Trainer of the year, Trainer baby. of the year. Yeah. That does not come easy, people. There's a lot of snaps out there. <laughs> 2,065 locations. Oh, my goodness. So congratulations to that on well, as well. Super exciting. Yeah. All right. Moving back to let's hop on to our next question because I know we got a ton here. Um, so what should someone do if they've done too many, like, season-to-season season shows? So if they hit spring and then they try to prep for fall and then they want to compete in the spring again and their body's just not bouncing back the same, like, how can we – focus on what to do if competitors do too many spring to fall shows well i think a lot of people don't realize how much muscle you really lose when you go into a prep um especially if you're natural um uh so the biggest thing that i tell people is take a good off season and put on as much lean mass as you possibly can now if you're a natural athlete it's going to take a little bit longer um if you're not natural obviously it's going to be a little bit easier but you still have to eat clean or um not eat like a asshole like i always tell people <laughs> like a swamp donkey yeah um so put on as much muscle as you can because that's obviously gonna increase your metabolic rate uh and i think a lot of athletes don't take a long enough off season and to build that lean muscle to keep their uh resting metabolic rate high enough to uh, burn the calories when they get into a prep um and you just, it's inevitable. You're going to lose muscle when you're in a caloric deficit. So like I tell people, take a long off season and put on a bunch of lean muscle tissue. And to attest to that, I actually just took a picture of our seven point skin tests or skin fold tests um, that we've done pre-prep, through prep, and then post-prep. And just looking at my lean weight and like, obviously there's a grain of salt thrown in with all this. There's human error of taking the measurements, but Basically, I started with 120 pounds of lean weight. I started that prep with, and by the end of that prep, I was down to 114. And after what, it's been five months now since my show, and I'm only up to 116. So like, I'm still down four pounds from when I started my last prep almost a full year ago. And as a natural athlete, like there's nothing going to suck the wind out of my that sails more than seeing I lost four pounds put, muscle. Put on, right. But that just that just proves the case right there yeah. that when you're pushing and when you're doing your contest prep, you had a 21 week prep, 24, 24 week yeah. prep. It, I mean, longer preps are great. I took a longer prep, but again, you've got to recognize <laughs> that it's it. going to put a strain on the body, and you've got to live with that body forever. People, yeah, you know, absolutely, and to focus on that. So time to put on some muscle again, just enough, just oh, enough yeah. time to tear well, it off say, again. And, and I'm the gypsy of training at this uh-huh. table here. I'll self, <laughs> I'll self claim that. But I even made a joke, like as I dieted down, I had taken my bikini shots six years ago when I did my first show. Now I wasn't as lean on at that show than I was at this one. But I just even sent it to Jay. I was like, look, no improvements over six years. I was like, no gains. But at the same time, like I made two human beings and I was just working with my a different, I was in a different basket, you know what I mean? Right. But it was just funny to see that six years as a natural athlete, <laughs> I wasn't, I personally knew I wasn't grinding enough to put that extra mass on. So it, it shows when you're getting back on stage or when you need it. Yeah, no, doing too many shows. I'm like, no, that's just, I don't want to lose any more muscle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of that. Um, So moving on to the next one here. How long would you say would be an ideal off season? So (laughs) I don't believe in ideal off seasons. Um, I don't think a lot of athletes realize they need to be more mentally prepared than physically Mm -hmm. prepared. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, I've seen some of the biggest dudes ever go into a show and then they drop or into a prep and then they end up dropping out because it's a mind game. Um, and, and females are the mm-hmm. same way. I'm not going to just knock guys, but I, females the same way. Um, so I won't 
let any client uh, compete unless they've taken like a year off in between shows. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, I've made the mistake where I've let clients do back-to-back seasons. uh, And I think it, I mean, I hate to say it, it wrecked them, not physically, but mentally. Yeah. yeah. uh, And they get bad um, food. uh, It just made it harder in the long run, would you say? Just pushing to that dieting down for so long coming off of it was too hard. Would you say? Yeah, I would say, yeah, they got bad, um, food relationships. Okay. And then when I had to diet them down for the next season, I had to pull more calories and then more calories and then more calories. And they're getting down to like the 1200, the 1100, the 900, because I couldn't get them lean enough because they lost so much muscle mass. Um, so I would say that's probably the biggest thing is there's no such thing as an ideal season. Make sure that you're mentally ready first. Uh, and another thing that, um, we talked about earlier is, uh, pretty much, you know, make sure your hormones are in check, you know, before you start a prep. Um, so do blood work. I I have all my athletes now do blood work. Um, and so, here's kind of a little study that I did with two athletes. I had a male and a female. And like I said, this isn't like a huge case study or anything, but I had a male. He did a show four months later, his hormones were back in check. I had a female four months later, her hormones weren't back in check. We did another blood test two months later and she, her hormones were pretty close to being regulated. That's, I mean, and that's a long time when you think of the grand scheme of it, but that's what your body needs mm-hmm. to reset. Now mm-hmm. think of the girl or the guy that they're four months in between seasons, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. In between seasons is what, two months, not even? Yeah. I mean, sometimes four to six weeks. So look how long it took them to reset and just understand that jumping from one season to another one all the time. So I've seen people do it. A spring show, I yeah. saw someone just do a fall mm-hmm. show. But the, the body had changed and stuff, but take a break afterwards. Yeah. yeah. My my thing is the only time I could ever see it, like a reason why you'd want to do a spring and then continue again in the fall is if they said something regarding your posing or not being lean enough. And that one even too is questionable of whether you could get lean enough. It depends. If you just like right. did an eight-week if prep you and you weren't ready. on calories yeah. and not pulling a lot in at that Different. point and still not lean enough, then it's reset time. But right. If you are still have a high calorie, you know, calorie yeah. intake and then aren't lean enough, that'd be different. But most people getting into a show, what are you doing before a show? You're pulling everything. You're pulling your cards. You're not going to be going into a show with a ton of calories yeah. or you weren't trying for that show. Yeah. Not but, saying that going down on calories is the, but you know, kind of need to. I had a client, she lost 64 pounds with me during a prep and it took me a year to get there. And I made the mistake to let her compete. Mm-hmm. And what I should have done is got her down 64 pounds, brought her back up again, and then dieted down for a show again. Mm-hmm. Um, she won first place like four or five times, missed the overall. Mm-hmm. Camille actually competed against her. Mm-hmm. Missed the overall mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. times. Yep. And uh, she was right there. Um, so we're actually going to take a year and a half off season now because I know she can win. She's right there. But even in like, how many months are we post-show for you, Camille? Six? Five or six, yeah. Five or six months. What I've seen with her in the last probably four months is unbelievable in the changes because I kept – I'm feeding her yep. body now because yeah. she – you know, I started her at I think around 3,000 calories and I brought her down. Mm-hmm. Um, now I've been feeding her again and she's losing weight and not gaining the fat mm-hmm. as a rapid pace where mm-hmm. she was before when I started with her. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you said you took 64 pounds in one year, right? Yep. Took me one year. Um, And then she went down to her, what, her probably lowest ever. Lowest ever. Great yep. physique. I know who mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Killer physique as, as she mm-hmm. melted everything away. How was she post-show food-wise, eating-wise? 64 pounds is a whole nother person <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Like, how was she mentally? Uh. It was a little bit of a struggle because you're dieting that long for and that. And to look that, yeah. you know. Um, you know, you're going from, I think she was rated around 30% body fat on a seven site. Like I said, or Camille said, human error yep. plays a huge role yep. in that. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like a DEXA scan. So, um, and then I brought her down. I, I The leanest I got her was 10%. Okay. Um, so you're talking 20% body fat in a year. So pretty crazy. But she had a little bit of food issues. Um, now she's good. Um, I do macro counting with all my athletes now 
and that gives them the flexibility. And when they're craving something, uh, if you watch Cammy's Cafe, you can yeah. definitely uh, <laughs> right. get, get oh, ideas for macros and to uh, kind of overcome your cravings. Uh, so now I believe she's doing a lot better because she has a lot more flexibility. Yeah, and I can definitely, if we have time, I'll toot my the horn about you know how good and awesome macros has been for me personally, um, because I have nothing but good things yeah, to just say talk about, about it. Super quick. Sure. Yeah, so macros, I guess, um, I actually just wrote a blog about how basically when I started working at McDonald's, really unhealthy, couldn't do push-up, pull-up, sit-up, whatever, um, and flash forward to four years later, um, bodybuilding kind of created a food disorder, but it also cured it, and the biggest key to coming out of that, like, food issues that I had was if it fits your macros, because I could eat the foods that I wanted if I wanted to, and I found that when, even when I, just having the option relieved all that pressure from me, because... I did it once. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have, if it fits your macros, I'm going to have cheesecake. I didn't eat for dinner that night because I had some cheesecake. And I learned real quick that it's better to have a meal. You got to make that choice. You got to make that mistake. And then you got to go to bed hungry. Exactly. Like it was my own fault, which made it better. Because if I would have, like Dusty would have made me go to bed hungry, I would have just blamed him. So that's like macros just like put ownership back into my hands. And I got to choose if I wanted to have. Food that tasted great but didn't necessarily make me feel great um, or, you know, just maybe gave me the option to have whatever food I wanted, and that really helps. And, and I've I, only been using If It Fits Your Macros now for a year and a half. Um, I did my show seven years ago, and uh, I did three shows back-to-back, and I was Mr. Bodybuilder, you know, like, oh, you got to eat this, and there's no other food, and diet. you got to eat yeah. clean, and there's – you know, no condiments, nothing with sugar in it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, uh, actually Camille kind of actually lit the, lit the fire under my butt to dusty. Let's go into macros. Dusty, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm counting my macros. Let's get in this. <laughs> dusty Cliff Wilson does it. Let's do it. So I kind of had to set my ego and retrain my whole entire body or my mindset. Yeah. yeah right. And to, actually even retrain my own body because I went into macros about a year ago. How um, awesome has it been? Yes. <laughs> uh, so I would say a lot of people, they just kind of need to sit, set their ego at the door and realize that you can count macros and you can be lean enough for stage. All my athletes competing right now are doing macros. Uh, 90% of them last season did macros. So I would say it's a big learning curve for me and it mm-hmm. took me a lot. Um, I dieted actually Anita's husband Mm -hmm. and I had just a very short time with him. So I did a meal plan to kind of control him a little bit. I had about six weeks. He was already dieting down, did a show, uh, wanted to help him out. Um, But if I were to cut Riley again, I would use macros. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yeah. And you got to, I mean, we did a lot of macros when we were dieting down and stuff. But again, at the same time, when you need to dial it in is when you clean up your macros mm-hmm. and you hit that clean food. Yeah, there's a picture on my Instagram. I should pull dig that up again for this podcast about when we pulled artificial sweet or like cereal. Basically, we pulled cereal from my diet. <laughs> and it looked like I dropped 30 pounds. But inflammation. <laughs> inflammation. Yeah. I, I didn't my weight. I don't know if it I don't think it went down at all that month, but we did pull. It looked way better, uh-huh. but I was still the same weight. But yeah, it, it just becomes tell. another another card to pull when you need to right. going going a little bit more strict from from your macro counting to that clean eating absolutely so what things did you look for when knowing if you're ready to compete like where there's kind of I have a big list here of like things that I think people should be aware of or at least checking in on making sure they're all at like a four out of five star before you start competing because yeah. competing only causes problems well, not to say it that it's, way it's do your homework at the same time you need to if you when you're looking for a coach or a trainer on what level of everything don't just pick the first one you find or don't mm-hmm. ask your girlfriend someone she knows do some research you mm-hmm. know because just because you work well with that one trainer or your friend does doesn't mean that it's going to be the trainer for you um and you have to see what it's alignment on your goal and your stuff so do your research mm-hmm. before you're like picking a show yeah, you know, I figure think out what you need. Interview all the people that you're going to be working with, your coaches, your posing coaches, your like what you're going to be doing and asking them questions. And we'll kind of get into there. Um, at the next question is like, what are the, what would be questions to ask potential coaches? 
um because i don't care if you train with dusty or not sorry dusty i just want you to train with a good trainer exactly yeah yeah but he's if if you need a good trainer he's here (laughs) (laughs) we know how to get a hold of him um so i would say when you're getting ready to compete uh take a snapshot like i said of your life in the last year or two years have you been dieting have you been dieting the last six months would you say you're in a caloric deficit for the last year if you have been do not compete right you need to bring your calories back up and you need to your coach needs to have something to pull from um a healthy mind Uh, i see so many girls and guys they think this is going to fix their physique and uh pick up chicks at the beach and whatever you know like only no, no it's yeah, true it's dude it's crazy so i only laugh because that's the last thing i want to do when I'm <laughs> yeah. you're gonna look like that pretty much for you know one day you're yeah. bro- you're working to the one day you know that picture that everyone has on facebook that was that day mm-hmm. yeah you know? <laughs> i mean healthy mind and yeah. that's like one thing with my wife that's how i always tell her uh she's an ip figure pro and that's like the biggest thing for her is like all right, are you ready to get in here? You know, you've been now in a calorie surplus for the last year and a half. Like, but are you mentally ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, gut health. Um, I can uh, pretty much talk about gut health all day because I've dealt with it. Uh, but, you know, if you've been on a lot of antibiotics, uh, if you have digestion issues, uh, colitis, um, anything like that, make sure your gut is healthy. Right. Uh, a good probiotic, good digestive mm-hmm. enzyme. Um you know, healthy bowel movements, you know, people don't realize that. Like mm-hmm. if you've been constipated, you know, two, three days at a time for the last six months, I probably won't compete. Right. Cause going through prep is challenging your body. You want everything that you can control to be in a good spot before you start challenging it. You don't want to be challenging problems that are already yeah. there. And that's why I think it's important also to kind of look at your sleep schedule. Like is your are you sleeping a lot? Because you're only going to need to sleep more going into this. And like, so time is a huge factor for me when I think about prep. It's a time sacrifice in not just the amount of time that you're in the gym, prepping your meals, packing your bags, getting your gym clothes ready, like all the little the time factor really adds up. And it's a huge commitment. And it really is a part time job. And you don't get paid for it. It's cost a lot of money too. So like time and money would be my two biggest like warning factors. Everyone complains about it. It's a really expensive hobby. It is, but like know that going into it. Yeah. Consistent schedule. I think what Camille's trying to get at, and I'm going to throw Anita under the bus a little bit here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Anita runs it. like, I don't know, 15 <laughs> companies or something like People that. People think I work harder than I really Yeah. <laughs> Anita runs like 15 companies or some crazy ass thing. So uh, but I noticed last time in her last prep, I just gave her a couple of pieces of advice. Mm-hmm. I didn't really help her with her prep. She did mostly a lot of it on her own and with her husband. So kudos to her. But if you have kids, if you have businesses, if you have whatever going on in your life and you can't get a legit amount of sleep or you can't work out roughly around the same time every day and it's like you're scatterbrained all the time it's going to be hard to prep. Absolutely. And it's going to affect not, not always in a negative way, but it's going to affect the family Mm -hmm. and it can be positive or negative, but you have to be willing to adapt. Like Riley and I kind of had to break ties and not expect each other to cook for each other. Mm -hmm. We just had to do it on our own. We had to get our workouts in on our own and just kind of focus on the fitness aspect of that. The cool thing of what we were doing is we were launching another business while we were running ours. So when contest prep, it just became the thing I was doing when I was launching my business. So it wasn't the thing I complained about. It wasn't the hardest part of my day because getting the company together was the hardest part of mm-hmm. my day. It was the thing I had to do to get to the, you know, cause I wanted to get on stage. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of people will take contest prep on as the biggest, mo- most important mm-hmm. thing going on in their life in that moment which it really, it's a great goal, but your family is always first. Mm-hmm. Your businesses are up there. Everything is, this can just be one thing added into your life to, to make your life better and to push yourself mentally, physically, everything to see what you can do in that time span and step on stage with. That's how I approached it. Yeah. And then uh, money. Let's talk money quick. Um, if you do not have a cushion in your bank of money, I would not compete. I think uh, financial stress is probably the worst stress to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And prep is not cheap. Um, 
So I'm just going to kind of go around the table a little bit. So you guys are lucky. Anita and Jay own uh, PFG. Yeah. Okay. So let's just talk about how much a suit is. A suit, you're going to be looking at at probably a $500 commitment. On the middle end, you could rent one for the day for $200. Um, if not, you're looking $500, probably $800. Okay. Not cheap. Now let's go to uh, Camille and let's talk about how much food and supplements are going to be. I mean, you obviously have to eat when you're not on prep, uh, but when you're in prep, I would say food is a little bit more. So um, let's talk about Definitely. food and supplements, kind of break down what the cost is. So for my supplements, at least the last prep, I was averaging like $200 a month on supplements, just having to constantly reorder everything. Um, and that was, I don't think I included really protein powder into that. It was mostly just like supplements purely in that form. Um, on top of the food, which ranged for me, I would say about a hundred bucks a week, um, between how much protein I had to buy. Um, obviously there's cheaper ways to save on money, but it was about a hundred bucks a month or I'm sorry, a week. So like 400 bucks a month, um, to have all my food. And I don't know if you know if that's, or if you think that's a high or low estimate, but that's about where I would put it. Um, just being very realistic about it because there's a lot of things that you need that add up over the course of prep. Um, and I also wrote a blog about this exact topic called the true costs of competing, um, which I actually published it a while ago. And I had some people be like, no, you really underestimated that, yeah. <laughs> um, which is can definitely be like, whatever. It's just kind of, everyone spends a little bit different on prep too, but some other kind of factors I have here to think about when you're competing, a lot of end of the show, end of prep experience or costs can really add up real fast. Um, so your tan's going to be at least a hundred dollars. I've seen 125 even. That's normal. We just got the suit estimate. Your heels are going to be about 40. Your hair can run anywhere from, you know, 50 to I've seen 100 to 125 for just hair. Um, and same for makeup. So just looking at that on top of your registration can be anywhere um, from your card for 175 for the card. Plus the shows can run from 70 to 225, depending if you're a pro and that's per show. So that doubles, triples, depending on how many shows you do per season. Um, your polygraph, which is 40 bucks, but it's 40 bucks. It adds up towards the end. Um, if you have a gym membership too, that can be, you know, 35 bucks a month is super cheap for a gym membership, but I did that and I did it for four months. So there's another 140 bucks you have to account in for on top of a trainer. Um, and that ranges anywhere from $200 a month to a car a month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you pay? For? I'm, I'm $75 a session and that includes everything. I don't charge for me being at the show. Um, my meal plans, workout plans, supplement recommendations, it's all included in my price. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, look, I've, I mean, right now we're paying my wife's coach. Uh, I think it's like $450 a month for online training. Um, so it, yeah, it's going to vary kind of where you're at 75 a session. And then how many times a week, or what would you recommend? Um, you know, coming from where you're coming from, if, the, if they're a newbie, I would definitely recommend two, two to three times a week. If they're not a newbie, uh, like Camille trained with me one time a week. Um, and like I said, there's online options too, mm -hmm. you know, but if you're, if this is your first time, that is not something I would recommend right. at, at all. Um, but if you have like a good foundation in the gym, you know how to count macros, online coaching can be great. It's going to mm -hmm. cut maybe your cost down depending on what the online coach charges. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely say, you know, newbies, I would start out two, three times a week, a little bit more of my advanced people, you know, one time a week or, or uh, you know, Camille will probably go online training her next show. She doesn't need me to hold her hand. Mm -hmm. Got it. Right. Got it. And there's also a thing I just noticed too. I don't even have posing on here, but that's an extra, you know, 30 to 50 bucks a week, which, you know, over the course of a month, over the course of six months, that's another big chunk of change just for posing practice, which I think is absolutely essential. Yeah. And I've seen people skimp here and there on things or, you know, not spend as much money, but if you don't have the background and you don't know what you're doing, it'll show on stage. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing you prepped for, for the last 24 weeks or however months is you have to fine tune those details because everyone's working hard to fit that image on stage and hit that pose and look similar on stage basically. Um, and then the last kind of the last two things I have, if you're dating someone or married a significant other and they aren't supportive, it is going to be very hard. Um, 
all three of us in this room are pretty lucky because uh, we all have support of significant mm-hmm. others that either compete um, or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. no, ri- yeah. 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 yeah, judge or chiropractor mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They understand or it. in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if your significant other doesn't support you or you bring it home and, and they're knocking it, it's going to be a long, miserable 30 plus weeks of mm-hmm. dieting. Um, so make sure your significant other is supportive. Um, because and, your friends won't understand. So you at least have to have your significant right. other. And a lot understand. of times it's sometimes of them not having the proper information or their questions aren't answered when you were focused on answering your own questions. And I've seen a lot of, I mean, a lot of gals talk a lot when they're picking up their suit. I'm not going to lie. They're talking. I've heard divorce after this prep stress this, you know, he doesn't want to come to the show cause he doesn't want people looking at me help educate the person you're with or the people in your tight circle, because if you're going to lean on them, they need to know a little bit more about what you're doing. Answer their questions along while you're answering yours. It will help in the end. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. And in that blog too, just touching on other things that like kind of, they come up that you need to have them for like the cost of competing is there's a personal toll that it takes on your life, like the social sphere, um, and your professional life, it definitely impacts those as well as your physical part. And I kind of broke down, just put like things that happen during prep in regards to your personal, social, professional, and physical world um, that you should think about before prep. Because most people don't think about how awkward it's going to be bringing your Tupperware into a public place and eating at a restaurant. And that happens. And then I'd say the last thing, uh, what things you should look for when knowing when you're ready to compete. Do you have three hours to devote every single day to meal prep, posing, stretching, massages, chiropractic, the gym. If you don't, don't bother because you should take care of your body. You only get one body for the rest of your life. But um, it also, if you don't do these little things, you are producing more cortisol because you're stressing your body out internally. You need to see a chiropractor. I don't care what anyone says. You need to get massages. I don't care what anyone says. You need to stretch. You have to pose. Uh, I think kind of what Anita said, a lot of people skimp out on Mm -hmm. stuff and you could have the best physique on stage, but if you don't know how to present it, you look like a fool and that might take you from where you should have been first or second place down to fifth or sixth or seventh. I'll do a quick example. I had a girl standing next to me at the Mr. Ms. Minnesota in front of me. Um, She has good physique. She was not posing her physique properly. I'm not a posing coach, but I could see that. Mm -hmm. So I had talked to her during the show and found out she was doing one more show. And I said, I don't, I don't need to coach you. I'm not going to try to send you anywhere, but can I help with a couple of things? Because Mm -hmm. I feel that you're getting, you're not getting, she didn't get placed. You didn't get placed because you got out posed. She posed better and she went from not placing in two shows to getting third. So if you might have a great physique, but don't skimp out on the things that are going to help present that peacock mm-hmm. on stage and make sure you look the part at the same time. Absolutely. Camille can talk about that too. Um, so she did three shows last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say probably the most unbelievable posing uh, that I've seen in a long time. She's very elegant on stage, very poised, but um, they didn't like, she was pretty much adding a modern pose or modern day posing her own kind of spin on it and her first two shows she won her class and couldn't win the overall her third show I said all right I want you to go very traditional very basic NAMBF style posing uh she didn't end up winning the overall but she was in the overall and took second and won her pro card because there's so many girls in that show and I think it honestly if she won a pose like that she wouldn't have made the overall mm-hmm. Well, and I think know which federation you're stepping on stage for and look to the pros, look to the people that are placing well, but also look for the body type that you match Mm -hmm. Um, because someone, I have to pose very different than Camille (laughs) because we have very different bodies Mm and body types. We weighed the same weight the day of the the Mr. Miz, but we look completely different. So not only educate yourself on what federation and what type of posing that they're looking for, because if you go out and pose for NAMBF and you're stepping on an MPC stage, 
they're not going to look at you the same. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. And it's no, there's no right or wrong. It's just fitting the criteria mm -hmm. of the sport. Just know what federation you're going into and do the posing that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. If you want to look a certain way on stage, then pick a federation that doesn't have very strict guidelines with that so you can get the photos you want or go pose mm -hmm. the way you want in a photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. But if you're at the federation, pose to them. Right. Because that's the way that they want. You know, they want to keep whatever they got going on uniform. Um, so do you have anything else to add to that before we move on to the next section? Nope. I'm going to tap back into chiropractic really quick because I happen to be married to a chiropractor, <laughs> but I've also been in the industry for a long time and we've all seen it. When you're posing, when you're working out hard, when you're pushing your body to its max, it takes a toll and you get the achies. You get, you are, you are out of whack and getting out of whack not only messes with the hormones, but you might not be able to poop on peak week. You see a bikini, bikini girl pose. Yeah. No wonder they can't poop. They're oh, turning their hips back so hurts. unnatural. And again, if your back doesn't hurt <laughs> when you're bikini posing, you're probably not doing it right. And that's a terrible thing to say, but my husband even says it. It's just the way you have to turn your hips and how it is. And it just is what it is. So take care of the, the nervous system, the skeletal system. Make sure all of that is functioning properly. It'll make you less miserable to live with. Absolutely. People won't hate you as much. People won't be annoyed by you as much if you're not complaining all the time. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. That's a huge thing. And remember who you're complaining to. Don't complain to your coworkers. They're not going to get it. They're going to end up picking on your food and your choices more often. Complain to people who get it and who've been there before. Mm -hmm. um, so look, look, look to the right people and ask the right questions. I think it's a big thing that people don't do properly. Absolutely. Um, so Dusty, what are some good questions to ask prep coaches when people, clients are looking for someone or like what would be a red flag to look at when you're talking to a prep coach? Um, so my big thing is, is this their full-time job? And I'm not saying that people that don't do for this for a career are not good coaches because I have seen some that aren't doing this for a full-time career be awesome coaches. But I think it's something to look at. Like, you know, is this something that th – this is their livelihood. Is this like they want me to win? This is how they're making their money. Mm -hmm. And because I'm representing them on stage, so they're going to have more skin in the game because this is – if you lose or you don't look good, They're you're not going to have clientele. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be your walking billboard. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys have any more on that. No? Okay. Um. Um, how, many, <laughs> how, how, how many clients do they have? I think some uh, trainers overload themselves. Mm -hmm. So I had 17 competitors last season. I'll, I'll never do that again. <laughs> I was like, would you do that again? <laughs> I, the most I'll do is 15. But when I had 17, I didn't have as many weight loss clients or mm. online mm. clients. Right. So yeah. I really scaled back my other clients um, and I didn't take on anymore. I either pretty much deferred them to my other trainers that are I'm mentoring and that are under my umbrella, um, which Camille is one of them. I have my wife. I, I have five other trainers. Which I think on a side point is, is a great thing because people also like they have different characteristics. They have different charisma. So some people might like a Kelsey, you know, positive, affluent, mm -hmm. you know, type of thing that Kelsey would bring to the table. Some people like a like Dusty where you can grind the bull, you know what I mean? Yep. So <laughs> that's blunt. a great thing mm -hmm. that you've been able to build, um, still have all of your knowledge and have different personalities in there. So I just no, that's good. Mm -hmm. um, what is their education background? Um, I Like I've said, I've seen a lot of coaches without nutrition backgrounds that do awesome, um, but you know, it, it's scary because they're pretty much controlling everything you do. Um, it took me a long time to get where I am. Uh, I've got to test a lot of stuff out on myself. Um, but I have a nutrition consulting degree or certification. It's mm -hmm. not a degree, a cert. Uh, so just kind of know what, what their pretty, ed their education, their credentials mm -hmm. um, of what they've accomplished. And are they changing and like, or are they improving? I guess you should say like, that, that's a big thing for me too. Like, I don't know if I was interviewing prep coaches. Like, how have education. You, yeah. How have you improved your methods in the last 10 years? I think that's a fair question. It definitely. I yeah. don't think a lot of trainers get asked that question. But I think I would. Yeah. Kelsey and I do continue and add at least one to two times a year um, that we actually pay for and we actually go to. It's not like we're reading a book, which mm -hmm. I'm not saying that isn't good, but we actually 
physically pay for continuing ed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's brought our business from a C plus to, I'd say we're at a B plus, almost mm-hmm. an A minus now. So I, mean, I would say I felt the changes completely from the first time we prepped together to the last prep. I mean, night and day difference, completely different experience and overall much more positive. But I think it's because of how much you learned and mm-hmm. changed. And then have they gone through a prep? Uh, I would say like me experiencing it, I can relate to them a lot more. Um, my prep was miserable. Uh, I've told Camille a lot of horrific stories of what I dealt with, where I had three days of no carbs, no fats, just straight protein, straight mm-hmm. veggies. And that's what made me a coach was I didn't want to put anyone through that ever again or have anyone deal with what mm-hmm. I dealt with. Um, so if they've gone through a prep, do they know the, the mental, uh, do they know what it's like when their rib goes out of place or they lock up? Um, you know, I, my ATP was bent over, uh, towards the end of my prep and I couldn't even stand up straight. Um, and so I had to use a ton of electrolytes to straighten out my ATP again. So just kind of that stuff where they can relate mm-hmm. to, Absolutely. to a client. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would agree. Um, what men- methods of dieting are they using? You know, are, are they doing macros? Um, how frequently do they change them? What is the, what is their kind of their reasoning be changing macros? You know, how much cardio do they use? When do they change cardio? Why do they change cardio? Uh, understanding their methods of dieting. I think a lot of people going, oh, yeah, I trust you. Let's get this going. Mm-hmm. Well, to be honest, I wouldn't have hired me four years ago. And people that did, I'm sorry, uh, but I've changed. I have changed a lot, and I wish people would have asked me this: like, mm-hmm. what's your continuing at? You know, what, what are you doing right. to change? Right? And you would have been like, oh gosh, I got to do that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, like, I knew you four years ago, and I knew how you were dieting people down. It wasn't much different than some coaches still do now. It wasn't mm-hmm. different of like he wasn't doing things wrong. It was just a different approach to get a different outcome, yeah. I guess you would say. And you're 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 stacking up pro cards left and right now. Your people on the positive on the outcome of the mm-hmm. show. Like you're getting the whole realm of the lifestyle of what of what's going on. And uh kind of what Anita said, I was just following a lot of people instead of putting my ego at the door and learning from other people that were advancing. You know, instead of bashing a coach, go with that coach. Yeah, totally. Um, if you're seeing results from another coach, they're doing something, right? Mm-hmm. I've even heard another coach that we all know has been in the, the system for a long time. And it was after one of the NAMBF shows. He's like, things are changing. I got to change. Mm-hmm. Who do I talk to? He asked me and mm-hmm. I started shooting names, you know, Cliff mm-hmm. Wilson into him and his people started changing, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But he had that mindset, even though he's seen success on stage as a trainer and a coach and stuff too. Oh, yeah. And I would say a lot of my old uh, ways of dieting, I got lucky. And I'm going to be honest with people. I got lucky when I got pro cards. I would say within the last two years, I think I've stacked up, I don't know, like 10 or 14 pro cards. Uh, the seven before that, I w- it was luck. luck. It okay. was just uh, they're genetically freaks is what I, I was dealing mm-hmm. with. Um, so I got lucky. Yeah. And I think that goes into another kind of interesting point too, is I would look at the client transformations that they've had. It's really easy to take a diamond and like polish it up and make it look like <laughs> oh, an yeah. even better diamond, yeah. but it takes another to not to throw myself under the bus, but take a turd mm-hmm. and bring it into a diamond. Like when I stepped into Dusty's office three years ago, I was not a pro level athlete. Right. And to have a coach bring you from somewhere at that body fat and whatever to be able to change and transform and to bring into multiple shows successfully, like that to me is a good coach that can take someone from not a great place and turn them into a good athlete Mm -hmm. shows they actually have, like they know what they're doing right? versus just taking a diamond and putting them back on stage as a diamond. (laughs) Right. Just putting some, slapping some tan around and getting them on stage. And then I have two more. I would say, um, you know, does the coach have a team that surrounds them? And I'm not saying that every coach needs a chiropractor, a masseuse, or, or a posing, uh, posing coach, but I think it makes the process a lot easier. I have two chiropractors that I use. Uh, so I use Riley for a lot of mine and then Dr. Wolf out of Brooklyn Park, um, depending where my clientele is. Mm-hmm. Uh, massage, I use Don Esselman. Um, so it, just having a team around you, I think, where you can trust the people that are adjusting your client and massaging and you see, I interviewed a lot of these people, you know? So I went out cause I'm putting my skin in the game where, mm-hmm. Hey, go see Riley at fit fan, mm-hmm. you know? So kind of if they have a team, they're, they're probably 
set up more for success. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my wife does posing uh, for my guys posing. I do a little bit. And then my guy, Paul Anderson. Uh, so I believe that's all important part of prep is, is having a team around you that can help physically and mentally make their body uh, work within unison of the mm-hmm. prep. And working together. Cause I know there's been times too, where uh, Kelsey saw something and maybe Dusty didn't because Dusty doesn't see me pose all the time. But so she could, you know, tell me, hey, why don't you mention this to Dusty next time you see him or mention it to your chiropractor the next time you see them. So it's kind of helpful to have that feedback loop tight between all parties because they're all working towards me being the best final package, you know. So it's good to have that team working together Mm -hmm. to be able to make changes. Everyone's on the same page. And then I would say like kind of what Camille said in the past. um, So or previous was uh, what has been the their biggest success as a coach, you know. Have they had a client that's lost a hundred pounds and got on stage? You know, are they all working with diamonds and changing them into a, a shinier diamond? You know, that's, I think is huge where they can take someone and bring them that mentally f- that far to get them on stage. Um, you know, Anita sees a lot of people because of the suits and a lot of people have such bad experiences. Uh, you know, they're, oh, my coach doesn't answer me back in a text message or Mm -hmm. I emailed this coach a week ago and I still haven't heard back or what would you do, Anita? Mm -hmm. And it's that is not (laughs) that's not showing good success with a coach. I mean, it's just showing that they're using it for money. Mm -hmm. So make sure the coach actually cares about if you're a 60 pound weight loss client getting on stage or a freak athlete, they should all be treated the same. And I try to treat all my athletes the same. Um, I actually think sometimes I like the bigger challenge of the weight loss where I'm like, holy, excuse my language, but I can get them on stage and they lost 60, 70 pounds. My mother-in-law, uh, bucket list, she lost a hundred pounds with me, did a figure competition and now she did another one. And now we're on, on track to do another one in about eight months. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that is, I think, huge for, uh, coaches to have big success with just not, Oh, I want a pro card. That's great. But what's behind the scenes more than that. Right. And the coaches that are, that are looking for those big weight losses, those big journeys, that diamond in the rough, you know, they're enjoying their job because they're looking for the hard They you know, they've been trying and, and, and working hard in the industry and they are a professional. They're not a trainer just going to the shows and plucking out someone who got second and be like, Hey, I'm going to get you in first. Well, that person's already, you know, put themselves where <laughs> right. they needed to be and to make it happen. So you can see the passion within the coaches by the clients they'll take on. And so if you have a weight loss client come to you that says they want to get on stage, but what if they have, let's just say 50 pounds to lose, but they want to do a show coming up in six months. Do you take them on as a client? Like, what do you tell them? It's like, do you just pick a different show? Do you just let clients pick their own shows? Because I have problems against clients picking their own shows, despite advice, even though it's got a coach shooting themselves in the foot by not taking that money for that prep right away. I would like to see more prep coaches suggest more time in the off season or a longer prep to be able to bring a client to stage when they are ready, whatever that means. Like I was telling you uh, about my client that lost 64 pounds is she lost a ton of weight and she was shooting for a show in six months. I told her, no way I need a year. Okay. So that was Mm -hmm. like the one thing that when I look at a client is like, okay, how much lean muscle they have? Maybe they have been lifting a ton of weight and they just don't know how, or, They've been lifting weights for a long time, but they just didn't know how to diet Mm -hmm. or yeah, they might be eating a ton of food and lifting weights. So they haven't been in a a caloric deficit. So it might be a great prep client. Like you might get something that's like, holy smokes. I didn't know that was all under there. (laughs) Um, So I kind of look at, like I said, a snapshot of their, their past. Mm -hmm. How long you've been lifting weights for one year, probably not going to do it. Minimum of three years. They have to lift weights for three years. So that's kind of one thing that I'll look at is like, okay, have they been working all a long time? Have they been dieting for a long time? Or have they been in caloric surplus? Um, so if a client comes to me and they want to lose 50 pounds and they've been lifting weights for three years and kind of eating, you know, somewhat good food and, but maybe just not enough or uh, maybe too much, mm-hmm. or they just don't know how to balance it all out. They don't know how to figure out macros. I might say, Hey, let's go eight months. Let's, let's mm-hmm. slow your prep down a little bit. Instead of doing the show in five or six months, let's take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, when we're three weeks out from a show and we know you're ready, then let's sign up. 
instead right. of like getting a show and putting that stress on them. Mm-hmm. Diet them down and go, oh, wow, we're a month out. Let's mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of times it's also look, look to the coach and what kind of questions are they asking you? How defined are they learning about your past? Like you said, you get the information. Some people have you fill out a questionnaire, but at the same time, they're just sending you this cookie cutter Work, uh, meal plan and workout plan that is not adjusted to what your history has been or how much lifting you've been doing. So make sure who you're looking for is asking you questions and a lot of questions at the same time, because what you're bringing to the table is very important as well. Yeah, I think that's huge. I'm just, hopefully this helps competitors if they're maybe struggling post-competition or kind of in between shows or looking to not sure if they're ready to start a next prep. Um, or they want to make sure they're in a good place before they start. If they take into account, like to, like you said, take a general look at like what's going on currently and are you ready to take on that extra commitment in that challenge um, for the next upcoming six to eight months potentially um, and commit to that and to know what you're getting into kind of before you get into it because nothing breaks my heart more than someone eight weeks out from their show who's absolutely miserable and starving and – I wish I could have helped six months before that. Right. And, right. you know, guided in a different direction, whether to take a longer time to have an easier prep. Um, I said this prep uh, in my, this prep, I said, if I would have known prep could have been this easy, I would have waited to compete until now. Um, but obviously life is hindsight 2020. I didn't know, um, but definitely taking more time off and having a muscular base to pull off of and having more calories at the start. Um, definitely made this last prep a lot easier. The first 20 out of the 24 weeks were a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. Last four, not so much, but. I beat her. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, to anyone who has done a prep before, and maybe it was a negative experience, or you did have a bad outcome after post-show, there are new techniques, not new, but more used techniques mm-hmm. in different ways to approach competitive um are dieting down and getting ready for shows. So don't shut the door too quickly sometimes as well. It's a lot of one and done in this industry. It's a lot of bucket lists in this mm-hmm. industry, but you also see a lot of people come out on the, on the positive end. So just know contest prep is a huge dedication financially, mentally, physically, but you can come out on the top, not just within an award, but just really gaining personal um, growth um, by yourself or even building it with your community and your family at the same time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to put one more thing on this. I think a lot of people, uh, they think that they get done competing and they have such a negative um, negative feeling about competing. Uh, I, I did, but I'm going to tell you one thing. It made me um, the person I am, who I am today, uh, a lot. Because if I can do that, I can do anything in this world. Uh, I own four businesses now. I'm 30 years old. Um, it pushed me to my limits and after competing, there's nothing that can get in my way. Right. Yep. Uh, will I ever walk on stage again? No. Uh, my wife does it for us and does it it very well. She does do it really well. Um, but don't, don't always listen to the negative stuff that people have to say because they probably had a bad prep Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of good preps out there and a lot of great coaches out there. Um, I'm not just trying to speak for myself. There's a lot of good coaches out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can name more than 10 off, off the top of my head. So just make sure you interview your coaches. And like uh, Anita and Camille said, uh, educate yourself, ask questions, and you know, block out social media and all the negativity because – let me tell you, this is probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I agree. The people ranting and raving on Facebook aren't the people to be listening to and looking for direction. The people you want to find a direction are the people that probably aren't talking on Facebook heavily, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, putting the blame. So prep, contest prep, everything, it's the growth is can be substantial. It can be very positive and um, it can help you in all aspects of life. I mean, that's what I got out of mm-hmm. it, but that's what I wanted going into it. I had the mindset before I started that I need to come out better and end better. I wasn't worried about the trophy at that point, but I needed to better myself along the way. And that's the way I approach my contest prep instead of just trying to get that one sweet Facebook shot in my trophy. Yeah, and if you're going into a competition having expectations of winning trophies and being glamorous and getting sponsorships, you can check out our last podcast we did. We want expectations because uh, you're in for a reality check there. But all good things. Like, we have a lot of very opinion. We have very strong opinions about 
um, things done right and wrong, but not necessarily right and wrong, but negative and positive right. aspects of it. And we, cause we've been in the industry for a long time, but at the end of the day, all three of us live in the fitness world. Mm -hmm. This is our lifestyle. Absolutely. We're here because of what we've gained from it and the people we've met. We may be hard on certain things, but we're here and we want to provide that positive outlook mm -hmm. or that path for people. So look for people like us. It doesn't have to be us, but look for people like us to help you along that journey so you can gain what we have. Absolutely. Well, and you have any closing thoughts there, Dusty? Prep isn't for everyone. So, uh, you know, if it isn't for you, no big thing. If it is, fire up. Yeah. All right. And you can find Dusty at Renovation Training on uh, renovationtraining.com. Renovation Training at LLC.com or Renovation Training Facebook page or Snap Fitness Blaine Pheasant Ridge or Snap Fitness Plymouth. And he makes fun of me and all my businesses. <laughs> I think we have the same amount. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you on the next podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast with Dusty. And if you're interested more about post-competition life, be sure to check us out on October 21st. That's a Sunday. And we'll be up at Snap Fitness in Blaine on Pheasant Ridge. And Tara Thatcher and I will be holding a life after competition seminar where you'll get to hear a lot more in-depth information surrounding the emotional, social, and physical aspects of competition post-show. So if you want a more interactive version of this um, to hear Tara's and I's story, make sure to um, check us out on Facebook and come to the event. Um, it'll be well worth the investment. So we hope to see you there again. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Check in next week for another one.